What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we get into the deeper meaning of your favorite filmmakers' movies. And once again, we're doing a different episode. As you can see, we have another guest. Uh, please welcome in from Collider, Miss Wendy Lee. Yes. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. I, yeah. I really did. Um, I wanted to do an Avatar episode. And when I thought of who I can do that with, I really did think of you. Oh, yeah, I remember you were really into it. So I, I am. I was uh, saying that I w- I'm kind of a late boomer because we. So this came out. This well, the series ended in '08. Yeah. So I watched it. My roommate had a DVD, and when I came home one day, he was just rewatching it. And I stood there with all of my purse and all of my stuff on, coming home from my job, and I just watched like straight up, stood for 20 minutes and watched it. And then afterwards, I'm like, so what is it? And I'm interested. And he, and he went to his room and he gave me all the three books and he said, enjoy. And I was like obsessed. Yes, wow. that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm so excited to get into it. Um, for you guys listening right now, we're going to get into all the books. We're going to get into some of our favorite moments. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Avatar themes because I really do feel like, especially rewatching it, I rewatched book two and three this past week. Um, it's incredible how many different themes and stories and lessons and messages that are deep inside this, especially towards the later books, but are deep inside this incredible animated series. Um, so I'm ex- super excited to get into it. Um, and let's start Let's start with that. Um, uh, since you told us a little bit, I'll go to you, RB3. What is your, your discovery of this show? What, how did you get into it? Did yeah. you get into it? Walk me through all that. Well, I mean, for me, for me, I mean, this was came on like right when I was like a kid, you know. So this was starting in 2000, 2005 or two thousand six, and it ended in two thousand eight. So I was watching them like live as they're airing, oh, uh, that's and great. I was yeah. Um, but you know, I was such a long, that was like ten years ago. So I really hadn't picked it up like since. But when I was a kid, I was like the biggest fan of it. I watched like every week. That they had a long hiatus, I think, between book two and book three. That was like this was like too much, you know. Um, but I, but yeah, I, I was really into it. I don't remember a lot of the plot per se in particulars like now. And I really, I, f- I feel bad because they did Legend of Korra mm. only a couple years later. But I never, I never watched that one oh, at man. all. No, um, that's the I can, off I podcast can. Yes, to this one, you're gonna yes. Yeah. absolutely. All of yeah, Legend Core. I have yeah. it too, so I can give it to you. Really? I know if I give it to you, you won't watch it. <laughs> no, I watch it. I watch it. No, I watch it because I really do think that the original Avatar series is probably one of the best. Like, it really is, it really and and obviously is. that's yeah. not a discussion that I want to have because I think all three of us agree on that. It's it's one of, if not the greatest animated series of all mm-hmm. time, and I'm really. I was thinking about it on the drive here. I mean, Batman the Animated Series is up there, yeah. Justice League the Animated Series, but I still put Avatar above all those. I, that's just my personal take it's on it. It's different because it was an, it was an original idea, mm. and you have this group of kids who can bend the elements, mm. right? And mm-hmm. and it's it's so it's not like super, you know, like we think about, like, say, Captain Planet. Kids are mm. also using mm. elements to, you know, but this, sure. this had such a solid storyline, all these different character arcs, developments, and you grow as each book came out you grew with these kids and you really felt attached to each and every one of them the the good guys and the villains yeah absolutely um let's let's do this um one of my favorite parts of the show is obviously the 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 intro of the show and i think the intro of the show is is exactly especially towards children right because as an adult you can see it and you can you know dive into it but as a child you know that intro as far as like a hundred years ago, the Avatar, you know, she breaks down the elements, mm-hmm. earth, water, air. Um, it's such a great 20-second little world-building moment that tells you what is this world, who's in it, who's the bad guy, and what our journey is going to be with Aang, with the Avatar. Yeah. It That intro for me, it, it, it builds a world, which is one of the most difficult things to do with an anime and within like just movies within itself, like original movies, right? Because we don't see a lot of original movies. So world building to me, I'm incredibly fascinated by it. And as an anime fan, I'm assuming you are as well, mm-hmm. because that's the most important thing in anime. Yeah. It's like, tell me what this world is, tell me what the rules are, and tell me who the characters are. Yeah. Real, real quick. Mm-hmm. And usually it just takes a pilot to do that, whereas Avatar did that in the intro, not even in the pilot. Yeah. Um, so break down a little bit as far as like, is this... How is this for a hook in the show for kids and for anyone watching just that world that it's building as far as you could tell it's taking elements from like like 
ancient old school Chinese yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's taking those elements kind of like uh, I pitched it to Makuga because I, I did an episode of TV he Talk. Watch cartoon, no, he doesn't. I, I pitched it to him and I said it's 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 um, it's difficult to pitch to to an adult who who doesn't you know have those connections. But I, I told him I, it's like uh, what's the Ang Lee movie? Uh, Crouching Tiger, Crouching Hidden Dragon, Tiger and Dragon, with little bit elements of magic, with incredible connection to characters. It's yeah. like the the yeah. ten second pitch I could give you Makuga. Probably get scared when they go to the Fire Nation. Though. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a scary thing. <laughs> the Puppet Master episode. <laughs> right. oh, yeah. Makuga's out. He's like, I'm done. Well, the uh, show the show was originally supposed to be a, a kung fu series for Nickelodeon, yeah. but then oh. uh, but they didn't. I guess Nick didn't didn't want to have kids just doing straight up kung fu. Yeah. So then they decided to uh, get creative with it and do different. Uh, forms of of kung fu fighting through earth bending, water bending, and they're all inspired by very specific styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the earth bending is based on a form of of, kung, of southern of southern kung fu called Hong Gar Kun, and yeah, Hong Gar Kun, and then we and the water bending is based on. Uh, Ushu, isn't it? Yeah, 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 t- yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then um, fire bending is uh, is based on nor- northern Shaolin kung fu. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. an airbending is based on uh, Pakyui, I think that's what it's called. And it says better known as, ba- uh, I, I, I'm really bad at pronouncing <laughs> this. You might have to help me out here. Uh, but yeah, that word right there. Uh, I don't know if you can read that. Pakua? Pakua, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, uh, but it's, it's, it's fascinating that they took the inspirations from all these different styles of Kung Fu. And, you know, like you said, it's like Hidden Hin Tiger. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Crouching Dragon. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Uh, particularly that movie does a lot with like air and movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes a lot of influence from that too. So I think it's really cool that an animated show kind of incorporated yeah. those things. Uh, right away, the world, the world they put you in is a world that you can reflect as something you recognize, right? So the way I break it down and the way most people break it down is Earth Nation is very much traditional Chinese. Yes. Fire mm. Nation is very much traditional Japanese with the mm. samurai influence. Yeah. And then the Southern and Northern Water Tribes are Eskimo, yes. Native. They're yes. called Chiefs, like Chief Sokka, yes. Chief. So, the, you know, the, the names, the titles, the the uh, animation style when we go to the Fire Nation in book three is very Japanese. Yeah. Uh, and then when we go to the um, Earth Nation in book two, it's very Chinese, traditional, yeah. t- you know, the mm-hmm. outfits they're wearing, everything that's being done. Um, and that's kind of the elements we see right away. And, and, it, and it gets us right into the mood of like, this is a great world that clearly has Asian influence all over it. Yeah, and that's what really pulled me into the show is because when they open, they say Earth, Fire, Air, and mm-hmm. it's, and uh, which one am I missing? Earth, <laughs> Water, Fire, and... Yeah, you said right. Well. Okay, um, they have the words pop up behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Taiwan, so I can read the Chinese. So I'm always a little critical of when anime or any sort of animation when they bring in that um, that side of animation. They want to use actual Chinese characters, and they don't use it correctly. And really mm-hmm. pisses me off. And I'm like, why didn't you do more research? And you can see it within that first twenty seconds of that little bumper. They get it all right, and they research. And I liked how different the color schemes was and that really caught my eyes and immediately I because I'm a very visual person and that immediately made me go I want to see what that, that is all about because when you see the water tribe they're predominantly blue and white you know we have the air nomads who are a little bit more earthier neutral tone we have when you go to like bossing say everybody's in like green and gold and then you have fire nation which is obviously red so I, I just love seeing that for a kid's show. They make it really distinct. They don't try to confuse you. There's no complex storyline in the beginning. They just want to get you in, and it's and it's led by kids for kids. In the beginning, was you know a Nickelodeon show. So I was, and I'm a big kid. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, I'll watch it. And once I started watching the first episode, I really couldn't stop. I fell in love with the characters almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it's crazy how. Along with the Asian influence, there's a incredible, like you just said, deep dives into martial arts because martial arts is the big, you know, hook inside the show as well. And, and you know, being a massive martial arts fan myself, that's like the biggest connection I can have towards the show. Which brings me up to to a follow up question that a lot of people debate, and I've debated this various times with di- different people that are fans of the show or not fans of the show. Is is this? F- I mean, w- for all intents and purposes, we're going to get into definitions a little bit. Is this an anime? Is this anime? And that's the big question uh, that a lot of, a lot of people it's, it's ask. It's American me. made. I, it's American made, which American immediately made. disqualifies it from anime. Yeah. But every, when it comes to style, tone, uh, demographic for Heavily the audience, inspired. themes, uh, story, like those kinds of things, 
it feels so much more like an anime that the way I say it is I call it like American anime. It's it's mm-hmm. the first example we've ever seen of American anime where it's clearly anime, yeah. but it's American made. Yes. So I, I don't know what you you think of that. You think it's disqualified kinda, clearly because it's not Japanese I want, made? I want to disqualify it, it mm-hmm. immediately because I, in my mind, I have that very strong divide of Japanese animation is called anime. Everything is made here, whether or not it's inspired by Japanese anime or manga is American animation. So I, I don't want to call it an anime, but sure. it's as close as any U.S. animation I have seen getting getting to at, at that time, for, for its time. I think now we've gotten a little bit more. I think with um, animation today, there's that new Star Wars uh, animation that, you know, the, the, so the arts, people are starting to be like, yeah, it is okay to be inspired by anime and for it to look like it. But what's so important to me about... Um, an anime is that that bumper in the beginning that you said that Japanese anime always almost always does it in the teaser. They explain to you what world you're in, who is what, and what it's what it is about mm-hmm. in that first few like seconds, and you get it right away. Where I think American animation sometimes takes a bit to get there. When you're like third episode, and you're like, I think I got what this is about. So I think what is important with this series is that the creators and the writers really are a huge fan of anime and it shows because it is heavily inspired i guess my follow-up to that and the reason why i bring it up is because i every time i hear cartoon it just makes me go i don't want to call it i don't want to call it i don't want to like like spongebob (laughs) fairy odd parents rugrats that's what i imagine when i imagine american cartoon that's, I guess that's my follow-up to you, RB3. It's difficult for me to compare Avatar to the ones I just named. I don't know what you think of that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you just named a lot of Nick shows, too. So this exactly. was, this so is it's like, yeah, this true. Is, it doesn't fit. That's like, it just true. doesn't fit into the cartoon. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, you see other, other shows, other networks kind of take some more kung fu approach influences as well like Kung Fu Jack I remember when I was a kid yes. mm. uh, um, um, what's the what's the Samurai uh, Sam- Samurai Jack Samurai Jack that's yeah. why I meant Kung Fu ba- Jack I mean Samurai Jack uh, but I mean there's so I feel like Cartoon Network had, had a little more like in- incorporation of mm-hmm. of you know and they had Toonami as well Toonami that's, that's yeah. anime but that's anime yeah. yeah but I mean Nickelodeon I mean yeah like it, it's tough because it it really doesn't have the same kind of archetypes of an American show, but it 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 is American produced, uh, so it it does it does blur that line. But I know I know I guess some of the animation. Uh, well, I know a lot of the animation was done in like South Korea. It is, and it's done by a lot of the same anime, a lot of the same animators who who do who, anime. who do anime. That's so. very true. Uh, but it's you know, but the fact that it's American produced, American made, it does really you know, it, it does take away. That you know uh, the the cultural significance of the Japanese uh, the Japanese artwork, the Japanese form of an- yes. animation. Yeah. So it's it's, it's, it's so hard to like nail it down because for me, I I I can I you know I compare it to something like My Hero Academia, for example. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Or yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Um, it, it, that's basically what it is, yeah. right? Where it's mm-hmm. it's got humor, it's got horror. It feels very shonen. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is, you know, very much directed towards, like, young boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has that POV, which is all shown in anime of, like, a young kid. Aang is the young kid versus Deku. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess that's my best comparison as far as perfect, that's the perfect tone is, is, is the best example where as My Hero Academia deals with heavy themes of, like, being a hero and evil and yeah. people getting murdered and stuff like that, well, as well being, like, joking, like, every other second, mm-hmm. like, a, a 100 miles a minute. Um, so that's kind of where I nail it down. And I also, going back to you, the Korean animation, uh, Castlevania. I don't know if you've seen oh Castlevania. Gosh. Is that anime? You know ah. what I'm saying? Like, it's so clearly Japanese anime animated, yeah. but and it's, it's still gory. American it's made. Very it's very gory. Yeah. yeah. So uh, would you consider Castlevania anime? But it's American made, right? It is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's I Korean animated. So a lot of Korean I think for studios. Me, anime also means that the voiceover is in Japanese. Okay. Mm. That, that's so also, it has to be first correct. in Japanese. Right, okay. Right. And and then English. But I mean, you know, now we have um, Japanese anime that, that that are dubbed. But like, mm-hmm. I'm, I used to be one of those snobby people. Like, I will only watch anime with Japanese. You know, and like right. in Japanese with the subtitles. Now I'm kind of like, if I'm rewatching a show and yeah. I am also doing something. Mm. Uh, then I will put it on and, and you know, I've, I've changed my ways. I'm not a snob like that anymore. I'm like, open to all. I, yeah. I will, you know, <laughs> listen and, and take it in whatever form I can get. But yeah, I think I think that's where some of those qualifications come in where if you want to call something an anime or a U.S. animation. Mm. But I would not call Avatar cartoon. Got it. 
So it's it's neither. It's like in between. It's yeah. so good. It's in between. So one of my favorite things to do when I talked about Avatar: The Last Airbender to my friends is to try and nail down what we are as far as like if we lived in the Avatar: The Last Airbender world, what nation oh. would we belong to and what <laughs> element would we bend? And the way we did it was like. What's great about Avatar The Last Airbender, and I feel like if it was now, if Avatar The Last Airbender came out now, there'd be a BuzzFeed quiz. I was going to say, I'm sure <laughs> there's a BuzzFeed quiz what right bender now. are you? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Are you Firebender, Earthbender, all that kind of stuff. Okay. But, but it's crazy because the Fire Nation, Earth Nation, um, the Air Nation, all these nations, the bending within itself is, is also a reflection of personality. Mm -hmm. It's also a reflection of culture. So being an Earthbender means you're very direct and it means you're very... Uh, you confront issues head on. You don't keep stuff hidden inside. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Being a firebender means you're very um, willed, like you have a lot of willpower yeah. and you have a, um, uh, you have a sharp mind and you're, you're very quick thinking and cunning. It's almost like houses in, in yeah, Harry Potter. Like, like the Fire Nation would be a bunch of Slytherins. Slytherin is a perfect sure. example yeah. of Fire Nation. Right. Air Nomad is very evasive. Right. You avoid confrontation. Would they be Ravenclaw? Because they're, they're yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you avoid confrontation and you're very, like, the way Aang fights is yeah. just yeah. dodging and dodging. Well, like, he doesn't want to confront issues. Right. Yeah. So he dodges the issues. Mm -hmm. uh, water Nation is very, really, very healing, very, very tranquil. That's right. Very full of movement. Fluid. I think that's, yeah, fluid. Exactly. That's what I love about so, the, the animation. They, they I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, the, different, the, the different elements all represent the the type that we commonly associate with. Yeah. Sad element, the stoicness with the earth, like you yeah. said. Yeah. All, all the different characters. Isn't that great? That's so yeah. good. So I, I'll give you guys two seconds to think about it. Okay. What are you? Uh, let's start ah. with uh, with you, Wendy. What, what bender we are can, you? We can't have, like, borders, right? Like, we can't. Okay, for example, like, I think I'm, like, if we're talking Harry Potter houses, I am, like, 80% Ravenclaw, but uh -huh. I'm like 20% No, 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 no. This is, you're in so the you're world, in? you're either a bender or you're not a bender. Okay. Oh, well, I'm a bender for sure. Okay, I don't want to be the people that the just like, be, be like, I don't want to like, be a non-bender. <laughs> that brings us That's to the legend of Korra. That's a whole Korra storyline. Yeah, it's all about No, I want to be a bender because I think I'd be jealous of be like, man, look yeah. what they can do with mm -hmm. their yep. elements. I think I would be a earthbender. Okay. That's great. I'm very partial to Toph. Mm -hmm. And when I watch her, I think of me, where she's kind of like sassy. She's in your face, and she also can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah. she like does give to she gives zero fucks. Yeah, mm -hmm. gives zero fucks. And and it, I in one of the episodes, which I'm sure we'll talk about coming up, like her intro episode, it's just the funniest thing because she was just talking so much smack mm -hmm. to all of her competitors, not to just Aang. But I was like, this little girl is such a brat, and I love her. Yeah, 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 yeah. she she is she was my favorite. I could see I could see you uh, bouncing rocks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Earthbender is a powerful man. What about you, RB3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, ideally, I would like to be an Airbender. Uh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know why if can't I'm you too... be an Airbender, man? Well, I don't That's know. That's cool. I, I, Airbenders I are badass. No, I would love to. I don't know if I possess the intellect or the um, mm. uh, the emotional mm. kind of you know strength sh uh, that. That Aang and well, we only see Aang as, as well. I mean, yes, I mean, in, in Coral, uh, we see a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We see a little bit more, yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. In. yeah. But I would, I would ideally love to be that, dude. Uh, yeah, Airbender, it is, Airbender, just I, like that. Yeah. When, what, when my friends and I did it, we self diagnosed, we would tell each other what we were. It's like, you're an earth, but you're, and yeah. One of my favorite friends is like, uh, he was like so excited when we did this, and he was like, what am I, what am I, guys? And we, we finally get to be like, I don't know if you're a bender, man. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, we made him like no. a non bender. Uh, <laughs> But I, I always said that I would be a firebender just because I, I can see it. That's that's the one I would. Yeah, I, would I can see it. Toward. It doesn't mean you're bad. No, it doesn't mean I'm no, bad. No, no, but no. it but it means that I'm very you know strong will, fiery, and yeah. fiery, fiery. And hey. passionate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna, that's a good word. That's Latinos. Latinos mm -hmm. are firebenders. That'd be the fire nation right now. <laughs> so if you were you, if you would cast everyone on schmoes or or on at collider as benders, like um, what would you put Christian as? Um, oh man. Oh, yeah. He'd Christian probably be, would be a Earthbender. I would see him. Oh, really? That's exactly uh, it. Really? Earthbender. I see him, I see him as, as like an old school. I can see Firebender. I can see yeah. Firebender. <laughs> I can definitely see Firebender. I see Mark as uh, Mark Ellis as a waterbender. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, sure. 100%. 100% waterbender. Yeah. He yeah. would be Sokka. Um, uh -huh. He would be just like, well, but even though Sokka's not like a bender, I guess if Sokka were to have yeah. bending yeah. powers. Yeah. Uh, I, Perry, what would Perry be? He's funny. Super funny. Perry would be, I think, Air Nation, maybe. Perry? Perry, 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 yeah. Or Waterbender, maybe? She might be a Waterbender. Yeah, a Waterbender, Water. I can yeah. see that. 
She has like Katara vibes. Yeah. Yeah, I love doing Jeff this. Jeff is stuff. definitely a firebender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is Roka. Or, or an yeah, yeah. One of those two is an Omender. He's <laughs> <laughs> really jealous of all the benders. <laughs> uh, and that's why they're angry. Uh, but uh, oh, I, I love doing this stuff. One of my oh, favorite things so my friends did at work was we would name uh, our entire like office. And I know this is getting off topic, and I swear I'll get back on topic. Um, we did, like, what character are we from Game of Thrones? Nice. And we named everyone's character. Oh, oh my wow. god! It was so funny, man. But once you see that, it's like that's when you really know what your coworkers think of you. It's yeah. like, really? You think I'm a firebender? Or like, really? You think I'm this character? What do you um, mean I'm a nonbender? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Take right. it back right now. So, yeah, every time we did that at work, it was funny to see, like, you think I'm Brienne? No. Like, they would react to certain things we would diagnose him. Uh, but yeah, I, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I still think I'd be a firebender. But you know what's crazy? I was thinking about it. Like, if we had these bending abilities, if we lived in this world now, Firebending would be the most useless one. It's only offensive Why power. Why would you say that? Because it's offense. I'm not going to burn <laughs> someone alive. <laughs> like, if I was at mm. war, sure. But I'm saying, like, a waterbender, you could be, like, mm-hmm. you know, moving stuff around and grabbing. Airbender, yeah. you could be almost telekinetic. Yeah, fire is pretty destructive. It's only yeah. destruction. It's mm-hmm. only, like, burning stuff or burning people. Whereas, like, waterbender, I could see you, like, you could purify water and you could be, mm. like, useful to society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, could, you could use fire for true. something helpful. You could like do, like, der- like, therm- like, thermal energy or something like that. Like, oh, energy. Yeah. Well, how? Am I just going to be firebending <laughs> constantly? I don't, just right. power. Furnace. Yeah, that's a good like, question. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like Firebenders have a shift. You know, they, they take, take well, a couple hours. Core does that too. Really? With, with light, uh, lightning bending because yeah. firebenders also have lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I just thought of that where it's like, they're cool in the in, the, in ancient times, yes. but like in current times, they'd be useless. You're like, get <laughs> it's away, like, we need monster. someone to burn someone alive. And yeah. It's like, all right. Um, all right, let's move on to um, the books. No, I think that each book has elevation and evolution of not just the characters but the themes mm-hmm. in the show right. and the and the it, the demographic too it really grows because book one is very kitty yes. yes and then book two slightly more mature mm-hmm. and then book three you're like yo like politics but, yeah and, and book like, three takes the biggest society yeah. yeah and like it's very political oh, like yeah. it's incredible how it matures through the books. But mm-hmm. let's start with book one, which introduces us to Aang, which is the main right. character. And it, essentially, it takes us on our hero journey. What, what do you think of book one, RB3, and kind of how it, right. it, it gets us right into the characters? Well, I think I think more than anything, I think what the show represents, and I, I kind of mentioned it when we talked about M. Night Shyamalan in our episode, but the thing that the, the, the show does really well is it's the same kind of traditional uh, hero's journey story that we see in, like, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. It's the same kind of story, but it's more of the day-to-day of of that lifestyle, you know, like the day-to-day of, of confronting people, trying to learn something new, you know, all of these all these different things. I think overall what, what the first season – I mean, the first season was also playing it a little more safe because mm-hmm. they didn't know if, you know, how people were going to, you know, attach the show and whatnot. But I think over I think what the, the balance of humor and the balance of the action – and the way it incorporated, I mean, you have to learn about both the Air Nation and the Water Nation essentially in one season, yeah. um, you know. But you learn you learn all that you know about um, the Air the Air Nation through Ang, um, Ang's pers- or yeah, Ang's perspective. Um, so, but meanwhile, you have a whole another subplot going on with Katara and. Um, her brother uh, Soka. Sokka. Sokka. Sorry, yeah. my, my, my apologies. That's, that's Shyamalan infecting you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's it's so it is it has a lot of world building to do, but it does it like surprisingly really well. Um, and this this season in particular feels a lot more like introducing stuff, whereas the later seasons feel like okay, now we're getting closer into the more emotional like heart of the story. What do you what do you think the tone is for for book one, Wendy? As far as like if you would nail it down. You think it's much more directed towards it, it uh, is, younger it does, demographic? It does start them younger. The kids are at their youngest, um, yeah. you know, and, and so it's very it's very fresh. Like I was thinking like the theme, themes of water, it's very re- refreshing. Mm-hmm. When you see something like that, you see the brother-sister and the family aspect of the water tribe, and you see them discovering Aang for the first time in that giant ice ball berg thing. And, you know, kind of there's that innocence to that 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 first few episodes until we get later on into the nitty gritty, but they don't really ride that innocent way for too long, um, as as they figure out who Aang is and what he is, and with Katara and her water bending, we started to learn. I feel like we started to learn that were to notice really quickly that these characters have a lot of complexity to them, yes. and it's just 
episode by episode, we're peeling them back. Yeah, and I, I always forget the exact ages. I used to be pretty good at, I, I think Aang is 12, Katara is 14, and yeah. Sokka, Sokka is, is like 15. 15. Is he well, and Zuko older? is 16, I think. Wasn't well, Aang like 100? Yeah, 112. But he was like But he's 12. 12. Yeah, so 12, yeah. <laughs> 14, 15, and then Zuko is 16. Yeah, Zuko, I think. Zuko's the oldest. And, and Toph is like 8. Yeah, no, right? Toph is tw- Toph is 12 um cuz she says it in an episode. Really? Is she mm-hmm. same age. She as says Aang? it in her but first But by intro. then was already had yet age. Well, I think the whole series takes place over 2 years, I think is what right. it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. cuz I, I know that She's Zuko so is 18 yeah. for a 12 year old. Zuko's 18 at the end of the series or 17 at the end. Okay. Seven, 18 or 17. Um so it takes place over 2 year and a half or 2 years. Um, but yeah, they're kids. They're essentially yeah. kids. So yeah. so putting it's literally like the kid sees himself as that character, yeah. which is the, the mm-hmm. whole point. But mm-hmm. half the story is Katara, Sokka, and Aang. Yes. The other half is Zuko trying to capture the Avatar <coughs> yes. and fighting against Commander Zhao. Yeah. yeah. Who's our main antagonist. Because mm-hmm. Zuko is sort of our antagonist. Yeah. Right. He's like our Kylo slash Vader. He's like our, our, our character <laughs> yeah, he who's goes back evil, and forth. but he's right. cool. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of like him. Yeah. Um, That's what I like about this show. It's not like a clear like black and white yeah. thing. It could have been easily like these are totally evil people. These are totally. I mean, kind I can of... name a co- one totally evil character. Commander Zhao. Yeah, probably. Commander. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Azula. Oh, Azula. Yeah. Uh, even, I can argue with you. Really? I rewatched the beach. Okay. She's so like likable in that episode. With, with her, when she's with her her family and her people, she's she's yeah. a little different. Sure. Like, like you know, especially when you see like the flashbacks of her and Zuko. I think like, she's still a little humanity, but like you see her now, and you see her when she. I mean, we're jumping ahead yeah, now. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you see her at Boston Bay, yeah. she is like insane yeah, she's in evil. the head. I swear, but I, I'm telling you guys, rewatch the beach. The beach is the episode where they yeah. they go to the to the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all it's just Zuko. Uh, May, Tylee, and Azula. It's just yeah. them four, and yep. they're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's the most like. It's the funniest. It's the. It's one of my favorite episodes, even though a lot of people hate it. But it really breaks down Azula to the point where I'm like, "You're making her really likable right yeah, now." Yeah, that's true. And it's the only episode where but she's likable. She had one redeeming episode. She had one right. redeeming episode. Yeah. But but yeah, we'll get into that later on because we don't see her till book two, right. where she's the main antagonist mm-hmm. in book two. But in book one, essentially, it's this back and forth between Zuko and Zhao, and you're kind of. You're like, I'm rooting for Zuko, even though he's the bad guy, yeah. and I'm rooting for him to capture Aang. Like, this is such <laughs> but a... But you don't want the other, the, yeah. the worst one to win. Exactly, because yeah. you know it's he's better off if Zuko <laughs> captured him, because at least there's something there. Yes. But, but what do you guys think of that dynamic between kids in situations where they literally have to grow up very fast? Oh, I mean, kids, I feel like, really deal with that a lot more than we think today. Mm. I, I'm sure that all of us can really rethink back into our memories and our childhood and really think like you, we had to deal with. Yeah, you know, it may not be like the, the most, the world's most biggest issue, but to a kid, it means the world, right? So I think when they see something mm. that's parallel to them on the TV, someone close to their age, they can relate to it. And that's kind of like an outlet to them be like, oh, I get that they're problem solving there and we're, I'm trying to problem solve my thing. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a nice way to connect with someone mm. if, if they can't talk to their friends or their parents. Kids go to it. Like, that's why I think like arts, you know, and animation, things like that for kids is important. And for mm. subjects like real world problems to be to be embedded in these episodes. Well, that's really deep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> why you're a podcast. Here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, no I, I totally agree. I think like, like you said, like uh, and I'm just kind of going off of, of your point. I think that a lot of times animation um, kind of dem- demonstrates a lot of the frustrations that children have or a lot of adults recollect as children and kind of adapts that into a, a much bigger thing. I mean, this is like a big spectacle, but at the heart of this story, it's really a coming of age story uh, for for every character, mm-hmm. uh, for Ang, for for Ang. for Ang. That's Shyamalan again, man. Um, yeah, uh, we just watched the Shyamalan. We just did yeah. Shyamalan like ten episodes, oh, like two, a few episodes ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I, I, I we watched it for that. Um, but every character, even Zuko, has his own. Um, really incredible arc throughout the series. Um, so yeah, it's really about learning learning lessons, and it, it, it embodies the core values of any great um, animated show, while also having an extraordinary sense of style and, and presence, and um, really great concept. I don't. I think this is probably one of the most original concepts for an animated show <laughs> that somebody could come up with. Um, just these, you know, especially breaking it up into three three books are. I'm sorry, water, earth, and fire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
by breaking up that way, you really get a full understanding of each world, of each environment, and really get a, a sense of the like the ideology and the, and the overall message. So yeah, there's so many themes that that the show deals with. Obviously. I'm going to talk a lot about destiny because I think destiny is the biggest theme of the entire show mm-hmm. and the concept of of being put, put in a position that you don't want to be in, but everyone has those expectations. And that's how Aang feels. And we find out that, you know, that's how he, you know, went into the iceberg, essentially, because he tried to avoid this conflict of, of being the avatar and taking all this responsibility that he didn't want to have. He's like, I don't want this responsibility. Yeah. And now he's put in a position where not only is he the avatar but he's the avatar in a world that needs an avatar to save the world from yeah. a war. I mean, those are like times 10 expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but book book one ends with, obviously, the great battle at uh, the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Commander Zhao, eventually we find out what happens to him in Korra, which is incredible. Um, but, you know, it yeah, has I like, this... Yeah, I like that throwback. Oh, I loved that it. Was... I freaked out. Mm-hmm. But it has this epic conclusion that we finish. And then we move on to the Earth Nation in book two. And I think book two really opens up a lot of new things. It shows you, the, especially with Zuko, it shows you the other side of, of being part of a, na- a fire nation that you see as evil. So yeah. someone from the outside can say, fire nation, evil, or anyone associated with that culture. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing it does. It shows you, like, just because he's put in this position to do things that you might not see as good doesn't mean he's evil. It, yeah. it, it means he's placed in an awful position where he he has that same responsibility that yeah. Aang has. Yeah. So what do you guys think of book two and, and, and kind of the elements and the themes that it tackles? I, I, I think the, the one of the main things that I took away from book two was the introduction of my favorite character, which, yeah, which, nah. was, which was tough. And, and seeing the struggle. So we, we already knew that like Aang had to enable to, you know, be, I, I guess, be the avatar. He has to learn different arts of bending. And having season two be his journey to learn, so he's mastered waterbending, and for him to have now, okay, you've got that down, you're a great airbender, now you have to bend earth, and to, to just watch him, because it's every element is a little different, and I feel like he had a pretty easy time with water, just because it's, 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 it's fluid, and it, he had a really great connection with Katara, which we see come to fruition at the very end, and you kind of see him hit... No pun intended, but it's like the rock and the block mm-hmm. with um, he hit a block with earth bending mm. and Toph really had to, you know, try to motivate him in so many different ways for him to get it. And he couldn't he couldn't get it. And he knew that he if he couldn't do this, couldn't really be the avatar, couldn't save the world. Right. It's it's so good because yeah. it, it's it's that concept of like you you don't have to just learn <laughs> bending. You have to almost change and grow as a person, as like your personality, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Anne grew up in a very monk and peaceful. Yeah. It's like, I must always be peaceful. I must always be. And it's like, no, sometimes you gotta. Yeah, and he couldn't. You that, gotta, that was like, the hardest step thing up for him. And, yeah, and you gotta get angry and you gotta face things head on. You can't just avoid things. So the concept of earthbending went hand in hand with the concept of him growing mm-hmm. as like, a, I mean, for lack of a better term, a man, right? Yeah. As far as taking these responsibilities for himself and facing them head on. So mm-hmm. it's he's learning. Two things in one, which yeah. I think is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- you, I was yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I was I, gonna go to you anyway. Yeah, thank you, appreciate <laughs> that. Um, well, I think also the the idea of him learning from Toph, someone who's blind, yeah. um, someone who. And by the way, you don't see a lot of uh, representation for dis- disabled people yes. in these animated shows, so yes. it's really great seeing that. Um, but I think in particular with this, with this, you know, he's he's an he's an Airbender, so his his. Like that's the exact opposite of the Earth, uh, yeah. of the Earth, Earth, Earth Nation, and all that. So him, so and Earth bending. So him, him learning from Toph, who's blind. She has to use like vibrations and mm-hmm. all these like very specific things that I think probably helps him connect to Earth bending a lot more than the average, uh, you know, the average uh, yeah. Earth bending master. That's true. Um, and yeah, I, I think overall, I mean, the way that the way that you. You see a character like Toph. She has a very she has a different style than every other character in the in the in the show. I'm um, at least compared to all the other Earthbenders as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she has this like really strong presence in uh, both teaching both teaching Aang and also in the fight leading up to uh, Zuko and the, and the Fire Nation uh, overall. It's like it, you really get a full understanding of the magnitude of the story and how. All the characters have to play like a, a, a different role and kind of helping, uh, helping, helping Aang get to his avatar status, getting to his full, you know, having mastered all four. Avatar state, uh, yep, yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it is that. It's exactly that. It's the mm-hmm. fact that Toph was was initially written as a male character, mm-hmm. and they decided to make it a female character. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they kept all the same qualities, and they were introducing a character who's much more abrasive, much more confrontational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who just didn't care what other people thought, which yeah. was re- kind of refreshing in a world of Katara. <laughs> it was great. I love Katara, yeah. but it's yeah. like we need someone who's more, much more like, hey, shut up and do your thing. Yeah. Like, we yeah. need someone to you know talk shit. Yeah. Um, but one of the best parts of book two is when we get into Ba Sing Se and when we meet Long Feng mm-hmm. when, when we meet the Dai Li yeah. we, we the see, Dai Li's man yeah. are they scary yeah and it's it's that we essentially come back to this bigger theme of politics inside the world of Avatar mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. where he goes inside the city the great city of Ba Sing Se the only thing that can kind of take down the Fire Nation if they wanted to yep. with that kind of power and they choose to ignore the war mm-hmm. they keep classism they keep people on the outside of the walls yep. very poor they keep the rich people very rich on the inside mm-hmm. and they ignore everything that's going bad around the world it was very it's very much it's a North Korea inspired for lack of a better analogy but it's very North Korea inspired as far as Judy being mm. brainwashed as far as Jet being told to not believe the, the, right. the war is going on, those right. kind of things. Yeah. So what do you guys think of those kind of political elements of like bringing in something like a, like a North Korea or like a totalitarian country that chooses to ignore evil and uphold culture in a very dictatorship kind of way, for lack of a better term? I mean, I kind of like that they show that in animation because it's like for a kid to learn it in history class, mm. it's, it's quite heavy. Yeah. But when you see it in mm. these characters and now it's book two, so we've been with these characters for a, at least a year and you watch them go through these things and you see it through their eyes, essentially, you get a better understanding and you know how to kind of relate to it. You're like, oh, and, and I think maybe these kids who are watching the audience kind of like, oh, I can relate it to X, Y, and Z to what they're learning in the classroom and whatnot. So it, it's as far as like kids programming, programming goes, that can kind of go hand in hand with like real world history and things like that. And as far as adults, I think we spotted those similarities quite easily, whether it's, you know, like Korea or, or, or other countries that are that, that kind of rule are like similar to bossing say, because when I saw it, I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this. Okay. Right. I just thought it was a very adult theme. Right. Yeah. D- dictatorship and all that, you know. And uh, I like how the show plays on those elements. They got I, I figured they get a lot more freedom uh, as the as the show developed. I, I know the first season was nominated for a bunch of awards. Mm. Uh, the second season was uh they had a they they had won the Emmy uh, for best individual achievement in animation that year. Um so you know the the acclaim for the show kind of built built it up and the fan base is growing as well. Um and I think that really that really aids to how the reception of the show um, kind of lasted outside of just being a kids' show. Adults really had a lot to connect to too. Yeah. Um, and by introducing themes like politics, spir- spirituality, I also think is a big, big one. Mm-hmm. A, a lot, a lot of spiritual stuff came in, se- in season one, but I think it also continues in, in season two. The more you learn about um, Toph and then uh, the other, the other characters that I introduce. Who, who are the two others? That my, my. Um, my or uh, oh, I May and Tylee, May, May and Tylee, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you you kind of get you kind of get like a, a more broad understanding of yeah. what spirituality means to different people in yeah. the show, and and I like that they bring in kids, essentially. I mean, teenagers, yeah, mm-hmm. May and Tylee on the other side of mm-hmm. the Fire Nation, where it's like they're doing their work, they're doing their responsibility, their duty to their nation. Yep. Right. that's how they see it, versus mm-hmm. how Katara and Sokka and yeah. everyone else sees it. And obviously, we get the conclusion. What I love about book two is that we we hear we keep hearing about Iroh Iro and Zuko are hanging out, right? They're basically refugees inside the Earth Nation, mm-hmm. but we keep hearing about how Iroh was this badass general who almost took down Ba Sing Se. Yep, and he he would just he went in head on against Ba Sing Se and almost took it down mm-hmm. but at the very end at the finale of this season we azula takes it down from the inside through manipulation was she so good yeah, at it through, though. through manipulation and control and and manipulating the Dai Li to follow her yep. instead of long Feng. Mm-hmm. it's this idea of like iroh doing it the old school way of yes. of, of, of bombs and blasting walls mm-hmm. versus uh azula doing it through Espionage and yeah. spies and and manipulation. Getting close to your people. Yeah, you know? it's incredible the fact that she took down Bossing Say. When I when I when, saw, when I remember Iroh that episode. Couldn't. Yeah, I was like, what yeah. did she just do? She, mm-hmm. I can't. I couldn't believe she did it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe she did it because, 
I don't know. I just, part of me, like, I knew she was bad and I knew she was smart. Mm. But I didn't know how much she was, she would, was, how far she was willing to go. She's the ultimate, in my opinion, she's the ultimate villain, man. I, I so love good. it because she's a prodigy. Yeah. And, you, and Zuko says the word prodigy. Yes. She's like invincible in fighting, invincible in strategy. Like, he was she's always compared to her. Yeah. Been, like when he, when he was growing mm. up. So it's just, I mean, like, I was surprised, but then again, I think about it, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. You know, yeah. it is Azula after all. I, I love how, and I, I always do this, but that's because I love. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I compare this to like a Game of Thrones and how like there's. So there's, is she Cersei? I would, mm, Cersei's would not she, as cool. <laughs> yeah. she, she's she more Tywin than Cersei, mm. um, or, or a Littlefinger, because um, mm. I think they're much more. But yeah, almost like yeah. a Cersei as well, yeah. where she's like cunning and po- political and trying to develop plans to yeah. to take people over. Um, yeah, they um, I yeah, I I, I know. The whole family dynamic also adds another like deep element of resentment to that as well. I, I just watched that film, uh, Fighting with My Family, yeah. that just came out recently what? about Paige. And... I wanted to see that. Oh yeah, <laughs> she told me, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been out for like three weeks. I felt weird. No, like, no. You know? um, but yeah, I mean, but that movie's very much. I mean, that movie in, in a very similar way is about the younger sister who's better. Yeah. Uh, who who can overtake the older, and, but the older the older brother kind of dealing with that resentment. Mm-hmm. And I like how I like how the show gives you like different shades of evil, like how how Zuko you'd consider to be the main antagonist. Uh, through the first season, he has to face up against his own kind of evil uh, as well. Um, but it's very, it's very internalized. So it's, it's very, it's very complex. And I, and I think I really dig that they go to those layers and have those. And, I, and I love, and I'll finish up with book two by saying this. I love how the whole season they're building up Zuko's redemption, and at the very end, he's like, "Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna kill the Avatar." Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's incredible. I, I think was that's like, great. No, story I was telling. rooting for you. That's such great. To me, that's like the Last Jedi with Kylo. I love that they were like, yeah. "It's like we can save you." He's like, "Nah, I'm, 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 I'm the bad I'm, guy. I'm, good I'm gonna be the bad guy." Yeah. And I yeah. loved like that. To me, is more refreshing than Kylo being like, I'm so sorry, take me back. Mm-hmm. I think it's more refreshing to him be like, no, I'm going to do what I do, and, yeah. and I'm going to do it over here and do it better than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the fact that Zuko took his sister's side at the very end, after all that he went through, to me is just great storytelling. And it builds up towards the best book, in my opinion, book three. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. book three is incredible. Yeah. And right away, we start out with, I don't know if you remember the episode, um, RB3, Aang, when he goes to Fire Nation school, oh, and he no. learns... Oh. And he learns all the cover-ups that the Fire Nation has been doing and yep. teaching history. And he's he was there. They ask him, like, were you there? How would you know more than the history books? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, crap. Like, right. I can't say anything. But essentially, yeah. it's the concept of, like, I was there. I know the history. Uh, yeah. And you're perverting it. And you're changing it. And yeah. you're saying that the Fire Nation are the heroes. Yeah. I don't know. What do you th- what do you guys think of that episode? If you, I don't know from what you remember of that episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I remember that in particular. But yeah. the, the way you're describing that sounds very familiar. Mm. And I think it's funny. I mean, that's a very real thing that happens. Revisionist mm-hmm. history is yep. a very real yep. thing, um, and I think it's just fascinating that you have a figure who's a hundred and at this at this point he's like one hundred thirteen, right? 114. Yeah, one hundred thirteen. So, <coughs> excuse me. He has he has he has he has a firsthand account, and I, I am curious if you if you brought somebody you know who lived in America back in a hundred years ago and told them to look at a history book, they'll probably tell you all the things that's wrong about it. Yeah. yeah. That's just the way, that's just the way we, we're taught things, we learn things. Uh, so it's very fascinating that they... But they, they do that in a kid's show, essentially. Yeah. That, I think yeah. that's the best part of it. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it was, it was a little shocking to me when I when I saw it. I was like, boy, are we saying that kids are being taught in, in certain places, being right. taught a, a, a certain version of history, and right. then the rest of us are learning something different. So it, it was it was interesting to see. And I I remember watching that episode. And all I thought was, please don't get your cover blown, mm. because mm-hmm, he he mm-hmm. would he was surrounded yeah. and like he was by himself. So I was like, oh my god, because we were, I knew we, I knew we were coming to the end of that book. And and what I loved about book three was the team up between. And I, I don't know if you want to call it a team up, but basically learning how to Aang learning how to firebend from Zuko. Mm. Right. And and you you just seeing this like. Like, can they actually work together? Are they going to kill each other? You know, because this whole time it was a cat and mouse. It was Zuko trying to go after Aang, Aang coming over to Zuko, you know. So I just, it was a very exciting final season of Mm. Avatar for me. Yeah, Zuko's redemption is one of the best (coughs) things in this entire show. Yeah, I think so. Him trying to convince the team Avatar 
that he's actually on their side and he's doing things for the right reasons mm-hmm. and he feels like this is his actual destiny versus what he thought was his initial yeah. destiny. That and he whole, struggled with that, I yeah. think, from the beginning of, of wanting to please the Fire Nation and be be uh, be an honorable son and, and be better than Azula or be just as good as Azula, right? So he always had this, this pressure on him to quote-unquote, do the right thing by the standard of his family and by his title, not what he wanted to do. And I love that that's why I think Uncle Iroh was such an important element to Zuko, was he was that balance. He was that conscience. And he, you know, I think we all, we all need a little Iroh in our lives uh, to, to kind of be our Jiminy Cricket, to be the conscience of like, oh, I can see it. There There, there is another way. So the, re- the redemption for Zuko was... The most satisfying. Him I meeting think. his uncle. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. Him, all him of learning it. from the original Firebenders. <laughs> yeah. Finding out about the dragon. <coughs> the dragon was. I think I love that episode. Just yeah, that little, episode. Little dragon dance. Even him. Uh, the Boiling Rock. That's one of my favorite episodes. Boiling Rock is Do when he teams one? up with Sokka to rescue Suki inside the Boiling Rock oh, prison. Oh, I don't remember that oh, one. Oh, it's incredible. It's so good. I'm sure it was comedy though. Comedy gold. Uh, it was, was comedic, but but it, it's also you know it was. Him yeah. trying to break out of this prison and uh, it, it, it was really God, I don't a phenomenal, that one. phenomenal um, episode. But let's finish up with with this, and I want to go to like just our favorite moments and favorite <clears> characters. <throat> um, I really, really feel personally attached to the finale, mm-hmm. um, and I always thought like I told you two weeks ago, man. When people say greatest greatest series finale of all time, greatest series finale, this for <laughs> me is the greatest series finale of all time. I think it's perfect. From from it's uh, Sosin's Comet, mm-hmm. um, and then it goes part one, part two, part three, part four. Uh, but essentially, the episode's called Sosin's Comet. It's just two uh, two hour episodes essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I I think it's phenomenal because the entire storyline of this finale is obviously him facing off against the Fire Lord, but it's him. Sticking to his morals to the point where he says, I'm not going kill to kill him. him. Yeah. And, he, and he keeps saying, and it was like, dude, you, you got to kill him. No, you gotta, and all his friends say it. And then finally he's like, you know what? I'm going to ask my old avatars. And his old avatars are like, bro, you got to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I love, my favorite one is, I forget the name of the avatar, but it's the other Air Nation avatar yeah. who tells him. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 this is against my faith. This is against my religion. Mm. What you taught me, you're, you're a priest or a pastor, and you're teaching me that this is evil. And she says, sometimes <laughs> our own spiritual gains have to be put aside for the good of the people. And I was like, mm. yo, that's some deep that's, stuff. It's very adult. And the fact that, at the end of the day, and I told you about this when, when it came to the finale, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, but the finale of True Detective. That's kind of how I felt with the finale of True Detective because I really did feel like this was such a high level of forces of good and evil. And like you said, spirituality. Mm. And since I'm a very spiritual guy, I guess I connected to it. But it felt like, you know what? Mm-hmm. The entire universe is telling me I have to do a certain thing. But here comes this force bigger than anything I've ever seen, which is the lion turtle. Yeah. Just this force of nature, almost this godly force, a god that mm-hmm. says, you know what? Nah, you don't have to do that. You do it your way. Yeah. You can do. You make your own destiny. Your destiny is to do things your way. And he says, you have this other way to bend the elements within yourself, and that's mm-hmm. how he takes away the firebending. Right. But that, to me, was such a powerful moment. And people hate it. People think it's like, uh, what is that storytelling plot device, plot hole, where it's like Deus Ex Machina, where the yeah. thing you need mm. comes right at the last moment. Machina, yeah. um, and to me, it's not. To me, it's forces of nature and spirituality that really just say, you know what? There's so much evil going on in the world yeah. that I'm going to find a way to do this the right way, even if the entire universe is telling me to do it wrong. And I, yeah. that's why the, I think that finale is incredible. And obviously all the crazy action scenes in Sozin's Comet. Oh, the, man. Uh, the God, ending the battle. The animation is so good. The Fire Lord versus Avatar. Yeah. It's well, so oh. good. And when the turtle came out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I know they, the clip just went viral on Twitter, like the finale, the, the big fight. Uh, some some people, somebody posted on Twitter and it just became like really, oh, really? viral again. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Um, I thought it was weird because we were just doing this episode. But yeah, I mean, the, the animation in that alone, I mean, when he when his back hits the rocks and then oh, he just yeah. like <laughs> flames out. It's like... My, my favorite is, is when... when um, Fire Lord uh, Ozai mm-hmm. sh- like feels the Sozin's comet, yes. and then he goes out of his hand. It's like so this giant good. fire flame. Like, oh, that to me. And Mark Hamill's incredible, obviously, yes. as, as Ozai. Um, shout out to Mark Hamill. In everything he does. Everything he does. <laughs> and then oh, Zuko versus Azula. So that good. That epic Agni Kai. Yeah. Oh, it's. I think it's perfect. I think the finale is just the perfect conclusion to this story. 
Um, I don't know what you guys think of the finale. I, I want to hear your thoughts because I know a, a lot of people don't like it, mm -hmm. but I'm one of the. You people know that a lot of people do. don't like it. Yeah, a lot really? of people. Really, I thought, I thought I was one of the. Oh few. no! Every time I hear, it, they're like, "The lion turtle comes out at the last second. It's everything's okay," and it's like that that's was the my point. that was my problem with it. But like, I because of this podcast, <coughs> I researched a lot. So my problem with it was be was like I was like. Oh, convenient! Yeah, Last minute, yeah. you take away the bending, you take the easy way out. He didn't have to break have that his break his morals, yeah. right? So yeah. it, like everybody had a happy ending, and like and like you know he got the girl, and 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 uh, uh, Zuko got together with his his yeah. girl, and, and all I love that. I, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I was perfect. happy, but <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm was... very much like as far as far as this goes, I'm very much pro killing. <laughs> Yeah. For, for lack of a better like I'm like yo if there's some terrorist guy I'll, I'll shoot him <laughs> right and that was the thing and it, and it wasn't about the the killing of of Ozai. Ozai it was that through the entire three books we were building up to the Sozin's Comet and he's gotta be the Avatar and you've gotta be you've gotta beat him and everybody literally was telling telling him even the most peaceful people were saying you got to like do set it. Aside, you got to do it. I, I, I love the set it. aside your religious beliefs for the good of the people. I was like, right. yo. And, I, and that's heavy. That's, that's heavy, heavy on the shoulder, shoulder yeah. of a kid, right? He's yeah. still a kid no matter no matter how much he aged and how much experience he had. Right. But I just felt like it was just so convenient. Yeah, it I was, was pretty like, convenient. I really, really wanted to see, like, what good of it, aside from Aang's not giving up his personal beliefs, what good did it really do people good? Like mm -hmm. I feel like when you take away someone's someone's bending, that person is still there. You took away their bending, but you didn't take away their mentality. Mm. That's what I thought immediately yeah. as soon as I watched it. I was like, well, he's still bad. Mm. I mean, he's still here. What if he yeah. can still manipulate? What if he's you know his followers can break him out? You know, there it's was a very bold choice. Yeah, You're right. It's, it's I, and a I'm very with you. Bold I, I would kill Ozai on the on the heartbeat. I'd I be would, like, if I this was, guy's evil. He wants to destroy the world. He's got to die. But I think that's kind of what makes that finale so good. Mm. Is 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 the writers could have taken that that way out yeah. for the, everybody with the satisfying end yeah. right of, of of killing the ultimate baddie for for personally i, I felt it like and I, like i already said it i felt it it's very spiritual it's a very spiritual finale the mm -hmm. fact that the whole world is telling you this thing and it's like no it's impossible like yeah. literally there's no way it's not like a god is going to come and say <laughs> you have to do it. and literally a god <laughs> comes in and does that that to me is so <laughs> fulfilling because i'm just like yo that's you know, you it's just deep. told me to set aside my religious belief, but yo, here comes this lion yeah. turtle. I was like, nah, nah, nah. We're take away I got bending. your back. I'm God. <laughs> so for me, I, I just thought that was so powerful where we live in a world that we see evil, 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 evil. Maybe once in a million years, we can't see that good come out. So mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love Aang's it. It's just good through and through. Yeah, absolutely. Till the end. And, and to me, that that's the biggest theme. And I kind of want to end on this when it comes to the book conversation. Uh, Destiny. I was I kept thinking about this as I was watching the shows, especially Zuko and Aang, because they have the the dual uh, st what is that called? Like the dual storylines, like parallel story, parallel line. story. Mm -hmm. That that's what it is. Um, and they have that episode where they're basically following the same journey, and then we see Roku is actually you know his grandfather, so they have that connection. Yeah. But it's that idea of of controlling your destiny, and and at the end of the day. They kept fighting against their destinies. Yes. And they both accomplished their destinies. Yeah. Like at the they did they were like, I'm not gonna do that, and they did it. So there there was like the ultimate test. There was destiny at the end of the day. And I think destiny is is always seen as like either like a good thing or like a thing that you don't like because you can't control it. And yeah. yet in this instance, destiny was good. Yeah. Destiny worked out for them and and what they were destined to do with their greatness, they accomplished. And that's what I love about Zuko and Aang being two sides of that. Yeah. Um, let's finish up with, uh, I, I want to hear what's your guys' favorite character? Just as simple as a favorite character, favorite episode. I'll start with you, RB3. Who's your um, favorite character? I, I've always liked them. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, man. I'm sorry I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my favorite episode has always been uh, Katara. Uh, uh, character. Ca uh, char character? Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. You said favorite episode is oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say my favorite episode, or the episode I at least remember most vividly, is like the episode where Katara has to face up against like that one dude who she wanted? Who she wanted? Oh, who her. killed his mom? Uh, who killed her mom? No, who oh. she wanted to? She uh, she she wanted to get trained by by this dude. Oh then, yeah yeah yeah. Then, uh, Master Ping Pong. I forget his name. Something oh, like that. Right. And, and she was a girl, and she didn't want to yeah, train. Yeah, and she right. and he was like he was like I just don't train girls. So then he she literally like 
starts fighting him. <laughs> She's like, no, I will, I will be trained. And then she like She's and, determined. Yeah, and then uh, and then she and then I I, I remember this because I was like, damn, this this cold. But she uh she made like a whole block of ice and then chopped off like little like shards and was like throwing them at him. Yeah. And like you just see like that one shot where he like looks at it and he like barely gets cut by it. And he's like, oh shoot, she's like really trying to kill me. Uh, so like, for that for that reason alone, like, yeah, favorite. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the she's she, great, man. She ultimately ends up losing that fight, but she's yeah. but even, Paku is his name. By Paku, the way. Yeah, Paku, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even but even after even that, he's like, oh, I guess I'll start training women now. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I always dug that. That's great. That's yeah. a good. That's a good thing, dude. Where it's like this girl kicks her ass, and you're like, y'all. This is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Katara's, Katara's amazing, man. I love her. She's like, she starts out, especially the first two books, she's the leader of yeah, the group, in like my opinion. Mom. She's a mom, yeah, yeah. But I also feel like she has this leadership quality to her. Whereas I feel like in book t- book three, Sokka takes that. but like Surprisingly, once, right? Yeah, he yeah. just takes it. When he learns how to fight and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, Sokka's the leader. Yeah. Um, but I still love Katara, and obviously she's the greatest waterbender of all time. Shout yep. out to Katara. Yeah. Uh, Toph, the greatest earthbender of all time. Mm-hmm. Shout out yeah. to Toph. Um, but I'm assuming that's your favorite. Right. That's it's my tough. favorite. The second I saw was it the Blind Bandit was the episode. Mm-hmm. I the felt boulder feels the, conflicted. Oh my god! It was the, you know they wanted yeah. the Rock. They said Did that they? we wanted Dwayne Johnson, and we called him up, and he's like, Nah. He could. He could. I'm Dwayne it. Johnson. I'm not gonna do this cartoon. Oh, he could have uh, crushed the it. Rock. Yeah. Oh, he would have been they the Rock. They wanted the Rock. Yeah. The yeah. Oh, oh, they could have crushed it. But <laughs> I, you know what? I am happy with the boulder feels. Yeah. Comfort. It was. I like like you know characters when they address themselves. That episode and, like, is hysterical. Third person. It's so, so funny. funny. Just because it's so unlikely. <laughs> when, you see this like little. I just. When Sokka. Like, oh, it's tiny little thing. When Sokka gets really into it. And he starts like boo. It's like a wrestling. You remember like the wrestling a, yeah, episode? Yeah, like a whole match. It's like a wrestling thing. And when uh, when he, the boulder writes the ransom note, he's like, yeah. "I have the boulder's autograph." That's <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite moments. She's just so great because mm. she she's a stubborn little thing, right? And she really had to, and she had her struggles too with her family, and they treated her like with like kids' yeah. club because she's blind and she she's got this and because disability. She's a little girl. Yeah, it and she, goes, she's so goes tiny. Back to that. And and then you see her in like the underground and the matching, and she's kicking butt, and then she goes on this big adventure and she's saved them so many times she is that powerful for mm. being someone blind and she she can be funny too she wasn't all serious and that's what mm. I liked about her she was a very well balanced character like Katara I mean I love all the characters I don't dislike anybody but like Katara was very like the leader the nurturer um, the mom and, and you know the caring one and she always had a plan some sort of a plan and Toph is kind of like yeah yeah we'll just we'll just go do this and she's just funny and loose and she brought a different element to mm-hmm. to the group like the dynamic was very different when she was in it because like at times she got a little annoying because she's that little kid and you're like control her you can't control her you, can't, you know because she's a little spoiled yeah. but I, I I just enjoyed her entire your, like, transformation uh, what's your favorite tough moment oh the library Ah. When they're searching for the library, you're like, guys, because she hates flying too. She hates because she can't feel, so she's actually blind. And then she goes, guys, there it is. And then they all went, where? And she's like, (laughs) and I busted up. I I think I, like, because I had a DVD, I rewounded that. Yeah. I think at least three, four times just to it's watch so it. Funny. I busted up. I was like, I can't believe they made that joke. That's hilarious. That's funny. I, I love that joke. And then uh, when they're hanging up posters for Appa, it's like you can't. You think I can't hang some posters? And then she puts yeah. it down, and she's like, It's it's, it's okay. It's upside it's down. It's upside down, isn't, down, it? isn't it? <laughs> um, there was another one, and it's just a Sokka moment. And oh, the, the cave, and they're like, Sokka, why is your face red? And it was somebody. I, I think it was like a filler episode where they had to get villagers out of like the dig hole or something okay. like that. And he kept on like face palming himself. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just remember when, when, when uh, in the the desert, it's the episode um, when when Toph runs into Sokka, and Sokka's like, "Watch where you're going. What's up? Can't you?" Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, they had a lot of blind jokes. jokes. Yeah, they had it a ton was, of blind jokes. It was, it was funny. <laughs> um, my favorite character. I. It's so hard for me to pick between the two. It's always between Sokka and Zuko. Mm-hmm. If I had to, like, if I had a gun in my head, I would say Zuko because I feel like they give him more to do. Yeah. If they give Sokka a tiny bit more, it might be like a tie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's it's between these two characters. And I love Sokka. I think he's one of the Sokka's funniest. Great. Like he's the smart intellectual guy, but he's also funny and goofy. Yeah. Right. Like that that concept of like he's dumb. No, he's the smartest guy yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah. Is so good to me. And I I absolutely love um, Zuko. Zuko is my favorite character. Complex. I feel I connect to him. I I put one time in my in my uh, Twitter account when they were doing like what fictional characters do you most relate to? Mm-hmm. I put Zuko. I have 
Hot Topic mine. I yeah. remember that. It was like four uh, characters, oh, right? Oh, I think I think I remember yeah. all the comments. They were all green. Yours. They were yeah. all green colored, and I was like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I put Zuko because I, I feel that concept of like having this like fiery personality and family and all this. I don't know. I just connect to Zuko the most. Yeah. I just find him to be completely fascinating. Yeah. Um and, and I don't know, there's so many Zuko moments that I love, but but when he uh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man when he faces oh up against God. Sparky Sparky Boom Man is amazing <laughs> and I love the name Sparky Sparky Boom Man um, was it was it who gave him that was it A? it was Sokka it was yeah <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's an amazing name uh, any favorite episodes anything that you remember uh, episodes that really stood out to you or moments that well, really I kinda, stood out I kind of mentioned moments. the Katara one that's okay. probably one oh. that stood out a lot the most I have a couple yeah so, oh, go, yes. go for it Wayne. I got my list um, obviously the Ember Island players <sighs> we have Girl. to talk about that it's, Don't it's, get me started. I laughed so hard through the entire. <laughs> I saw like, this last yeah. night, and just, I was dying. I, I rewatched that one because yeah. I had to, just because it's like from time to time I kind of just like pop it up. I was like, I'm just gonna find the episode and watch it, especially mm. after the the Shyamalan mess yeah. of a yeah. movie. I was like, what if the end credit, the yeah. real Avatar people were like watching the movie? They're like, yeah, that's not any good. Like, <laughs> oh god, just to see everyone's kind of sinking into the, you know their seats. Like, yeah. I'm not depicted like that. Yeah, and yeah. Watching the movie that's themselves. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. My name is Tough because I am tough. I was yeah. like, yes, I, I, God, it's it's so many. It I was can so quote, meta. I can quote yeah. that entire. It's so funny. I, I mean, uh, when when uh, Katara says, "I think they got you down, Zuko," and he's like, "How could you say that?" And the then the the, the, a, the actor <laughs> turns around and, and Iroh's <laughs> like, "Let's go over here." How could you say that? It says the same <laughs> thing to him. Uh, <laughs> when they first discover uh, Aang in the iceberg, it's like, it looks like a boy in an iceberg frozen for perhaps 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the exact so storyline. Mm-hmm. And I like the uh, the makeup when like Avatar stay activated and like the actress closed uh, her eyes and it was like glow in the dark makeup and the, like, the line dragged yeah. up. Was, God, it was great. Avatar say, yip, 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 yip. Um, that episode's <laughs> incredible. My favorite is... Uh, um, Zuko, we must talk about your hair. It's gone too far. And his oh, hair is all like luscious. Yeah. And he's swinging his hair around. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's my favorite. And then when Azula is like, choose your family or choose treachery. And Iroh is like, choose treachery. It's more fun. And he just like winks oh, to the camera. Yeah. So I love that episode. I There's think it's so incredible. Many. Do you remember the episode where uh, I think it was right after the library? After they came out the of desert? the library, yeah. is it cactus juice? It was no, it was. Although that was a hilarious. <laughs> that was no, funny. when they kidnap Appa Appa. Oh yeah. And I think I cried watching those because Aang, right? When you... he was in the Avatar state, yeah. he couldn't. And then Katara had to hug him, and just yeah. he saw tears, the and tears. I was like, damn it! Yes. Yeah. And I was I, like, give this man back his flying bubble. That, uh, the Appa episode, I think it's like the yeah, Lost hard. Tales of Appa or something mm-hmm. like the story Appa's about Lost Days. Yeah, or Appa's Lost like Days, that. and you just see his POV. Oh. All Oh my god, my heart. I yeah. was like this poor creature. Yeah. Oh my and yeah. he's just going through so much shit. Yeah. And obviously he can't talk. All he does yeah. is grunt. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you feel every freaking emotion that was that was, for this hard. animal. And it's an animal POV. That yeah. one and then the uh the Lost Tales of Bossing Say where oh, Iroh yes. breaks down yes. and starts crying and remembering his son. <laughs> oh my god, it still gets me every god. time because he remembered All like the his Iroh only stuff. son. I mean, there's a bunch more. There's like the blue spirit. Remember when Oh my uh, god, the blue spirit's Zuko, incredible. When Zuko couldn't use bending to fight because they would they would figure yeah. out who he was. And I was like, are they gonna work together with the Avatar? And then there was um the blood bending episode. That was, uh, I, was, I was gonna say. Yeah. I was just gonna I say. I was about to say it too. Episode. It's yeah. called the Puppet Master. The Puppet Master. There you go. I was like, yo, this as a kid. Gross, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that was really when I first noticed how dark the show was. Like, yes. That's really when the transition like fully hit of like, oh wow, this is a much more adult show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's freaky. I don't know. That that to me is like the most horrifying thing. Like. No, someone can control your blood and you, your uh, movement. Because there's yeah. water in your, yeah. your body. is like, what, like, I don't know how many percent. Like 70, yeah, like 70% water. Like 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 that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That, that episode is incredible. I, I love that episode. And the concept of, I, I love the evolution of bending. The, and obviously, Corey does this times 10. Mm-hmm. But the evolution of, like, earth bending, diving into metal bending, where it's like, yes. you know what? Yeah, metal bending, metal, yeah. I can metal bend. And then water bending, going into blood bending. And then... Um, firebending doing the lightning because yeah. lightning to me is the coolest thing ever yeah. um, all those like evolutions of the bendings to me are just that to me is just world building taking a concept that you already created and just blowing up your imagination and just being like if I can control this that means I can control this yes. it's just that is genius storytelling to me yeah. right. 
when you yeah. can create. That's why um, I'm, I'm a nerd, obviously, and, and we're, we're all nerds here. Uh, when it comes to stuff like the Force and Star Wars, and mm-hmm. people debate this stuff, but to me, or telekinesis, where, yeah. where, where it's like if I can control, because uh, I'm such a nerd, if I can control, move stuff with my mind, then maybe I can move this, and maybe I can fly, maybe I can, like mm-hmm. the evolution of a, of, a, of a power set yes. is so powerful. Like telekinesis means I can do this. Yeah. Um, or or um, telepathy, right? If, if I can control your mind, then maybe I can make you think certain things. Maybe I can make Jedi you mind change trick. your personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why stuff like the Force for me is like every time, like The Last Jedi, I love that stuff because I'm like, that's what you do. You take a power set that people know and then you evolve it. You yeah. say, what if I can make a reflection of myself? Yeah. What if, or, or when Leia gets saved by the Force, like what if I can use that force as almost like an avatar state where if my body is in danger, the force just activates and, and saves me. Like the avatar state saves Aang when, yeah. his, when he's about to die. Mm-hmm. And that's how Leia got saved. And everyone's like, I hated that scene. I loved it because to yeah, me, it's like, it. it's evolution of power where it's like maybe a power is so f- powerful that it can actually activate within myself. Yeah. And I don't even know it did. Yeah. Um, was that The Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't like that scene. Oh, I loved it. Well, she went like this as she yeah. went back to the ship. It at looked first, goofy, but I still love the power yeah. set. It yeah. looked a little, little clumsy, a oh, yeah. little, little yeah. weird. But other than that, I was like, oh, I mean, I get it. She's, you know, she's got yeah, force know, blood I, I, running through her. I love the idea of it. I just think to her, like, yeah, doing, the, the pose, the pose. I agree, agree. <laughs> I, I didn't like the pose. I like the idea of it. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I like how Star Wars does that with powers, and and how um, Avatar does that with powers, with water bending and blood bending. It's so cool. And Toph, when she earth bends for the first time, I'm the greatest. <laughs> don't you forget it and then she just explodes out of the ground yeah so cool so cool um thank you so much wendy for doing this episode mm. thank me. you we thank you for having me so it. much fun thanks for letting me nerd out with you guys i uh adore this as much yeah. as you do um did you ever did, am i wrong or did you ever cosplay as is tough or that's tough yeah, yeah, I think I remember they said, saying they that said on pick Instagram. a character and like, you know, like we had a guy that kind of like, you know, had like the physique of Zuko and like I wasn't going to be Aang because there's there's just no way yeah. to hide the fact that I was a girl. Mm-hmm. And they're like, who do you want to be? I was like, I want to be tough because we should have an earthbender. They're like, sure. They're like if you can put the costume together. So I did. I think it's perfect. And the, but the, it, the thing is, <laughs> it was for birthday parties. So it was really hard to walk around and, and like play blind even though I had those like super light contacts mm. like as light like pale pale gray mm-hmm. and they were kind of hard to see so it's like and I couldn't really <laughs> look at someone directly because I wouldn't as a blind person right so right. it was it was <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it was fun it was a lot of fun yeah that's really cool is that, is that on Instagram or it's on I th- probably oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a while or, ago. or Facebook or yeah. Facebook okay yeah. okay I'll, yeah I'll probably put the picture up yay I'll send it I'll, I'll find it yeah. I'll send it yeah. thank you so much yeah. for doing this I thank really I'm, I'm so glad we got to do this with you and obviously we want to have you back for yay. whatever else you want to talk about so. yeah. everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I gotta catch up on Legend of Korra and then oh my god we gotta, we gotta part come, two yeah, Korra's amazing that, yeah. I, can, I can give classes of Korra your dog's name Korra's definitely a lot more grown up yeah, it's, it's like an evolved it's incredible. version oh, of it's so good. And people, people yeah. kind of hate him, but I, I Do love. They? Oh yeah, I've met people. I've oh, talked no. directly with people who like give me weird looks when I say I adore Korra. But I, I think it's because they unfairly compare it to Avatar. It's you, its can't, own, you can't. You can't. You just can't. Um, but yeah, my dog is named Korra. That's how much <laughs> I love her, the character, and I can, you know, do an entire episode on that, which eventually we might, we might do, but. Either way, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. Once again, you can find us on YouTube at First Cut. Yes. Um, so please go over SoundCloud there and subscribe well. if you haven't found. And on SoundCloud, yeah. Both um, links in the description. Uh, uh, where can we find you on the social media as RB3? Uh, you can follow me at DirectorRB3. And Wendy, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wendy Lee Zaney. Awesome. All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Let us know. Let us know in the comments if you are in the comments down below. Favorite character, favorite moment, favorite line from the Avatar series. Let us know in the comments down below. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3, and we are peacing out. Peace out, guys.